AM 790 Talk and Business presents Water Fire Ignites Rhode Island with your host, Bronwyn Dannenfelser. Join Bronwyn to hear about the next Water Fire event in downtown Providence, plus other great cultural events happening in the community. Now, here's your host, Bronwyn Dannenfelser. And hello, 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 everybody. It is Thursday, and what a beautiful day it is. And it's that time we are getting ready for this weekend's massive water fire salute to veterans. And we are so excited. Uh, There is a lot going on. I've got some great guests today. um, But there's so much information to let you know about so that you can be in the right place at the right time, um, helping us to have a wonderful celebration of all of those who have served and who are serving. And I am lucky today to have as my co-host with me, my husband. He's been on before. He is a Vietnam veteran. He will be carrying a torch on Saturday. He's also a Presbyterian minister and uh, the Reverend Dr. Richard Dannenfelser. Well, hello, Rich. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> what, is your, what is your last name again? Dannenfelser. <laughs> oh, I remember meeting you about 15 years ago. <laughs> It's it's nice to see you again. <laughs> I, well, it's been a crazy week. Oh, as we're getting hey, God, everything uh, please, all geared up. Listen, let's get something down right now as we get off, all right? Mm-hmm. There's a military term, all mm-hmm. right, called focus. And focus means follow orders because you're smart. Is, is that true or did you just make that up? No, that's true. I learned that at, uh, at jump school then at Fort Benning before I went to Nam. Are you sure? I'm going to ask, you know, because we've got somebody coming up from the Naval War College. Jason Listen, the Phillips. Navy doesn't know that much. But he's not. Well, no, yeah. the Na- they, they, they know a lot, but they don't know about LERPs. You better be really careful. I'm because, ready. You know, I am ready. I've got the Navy Northeast uh, hey. Band that's going to be there on Saturday. I've got the Army 88th Band that's going to be there doing this massive opening ceremony. Let me tell you who I've got there, all right? Yourself. Uh, well, I need uh, most of the time I need more than myself. But anyway, I got some, I got some Vietnam buddies, and we are bonded. Yeah, that's right. We are bonded in love. Well, I think you know we, you and I were talking about yep. this the other day that uh, the bond even goes beyond just you know with just Vietnam buddies one to another. It goes really to anybody else that has served, whether they have come before you or gone after you. Um, because you know this year, which is very very important, like last year we wanted to shine a spotlight on our Vietnam right. veterans. Sure. Um, this year we are shining a, a spotlight on our post 9/11 veterans, and um, you know very excited to do that. You know our Operation Enduring Freedom, our Operation Iraqi freedom um there's a there's a bunch of different conflicts that are there and we're really we want to bring um resources to that group say mm-hmm. thank you to mm-hmm. all of those that are post 9 11 absolutely um, so that's where we're going to be you know we got a lot of great stuff happening um so you know a lot of people think water fire is happening right at sunset but this day starts a lot earlier richard as you and i were talking about we've got um a whole thing that's open to the public who if they would like to come but a whole bunch of events happening at the Department of Administration, which for people who don't know where that is, it's across from the State House. Um, In the past, we've always started at the State House, but they're refurbishing the State House a little bit right now, so we moved things across the street. And over there, we've got just some incredible keynote speakers. um, That One gentleman is uh, originally from Rhode Island. He's a New York Times best-selling author. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with him, or maybe you've even read his book. Um, I'm going to pull up his name. It's Craig Mulhaney is his name, and and uh, he's going to be there. He is a veteran of Afghanistan, West Point graduate, 
Bishop Hendrickson valedictorian, a Rhodes Scholar, a New York Times bestselling author, author, and the name of the book was The Unforgiven Minute. Um, and our friend Barbara Haynes, who's the head of the executive right. committee for yep. the Salute to Veterans, you know, she's the one who suggested that we bring him up as our keynote speaker. And uh, I have a feeling it's going to be very moving and a wonderful uh, time. But also, we're going to be inducting um, some new members into the armed forces uh, mm-hmm. at that as well. And I know Governor Raimondo is going to be there. And um, David Cicilline, our Congressman Cicilline, and Congressman Langevin, they'll be there as well as Senator Reid. Um, but just a lot of people and all of our torchbearers will be there. This is our time um, where we work with ESGR, which is a support um, and employment service for the Guard. Um, we work with them, and we get to honor uh, a group that really does a, a lot for our veterans in, in terms of helping them with employment, or not even our veterans, but our active duty guys. So when they have to leave or go off and do something that, you know, they, they've got employers that understand, you know, what that means. And they're going to be on site. And, you know, you're laughing at me. No, 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 my dear. One of the things I've learned to be very clear, never to laugh at you. Mm-hmm. Uh, sweetheart, <laughs> I'm laughing with you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. Well, you can take a breath now. Oh, thanks. Do I <laughs> not, talk too much? Not that I have to give you permission. <laughs> <laughs> well, are you looking forward to it? I know that you're going to be down there and carrying a torch. And you did it the first year, but I... I don't believe you have for the last two years oh, as yes, part I of the have. procession. Yeah, I, would, I wouldn't miss it. That is a, that's a very, very special occasion. Uh, and uh, as a matter of fact, for me and I know for a lot of other veterans, uh, in the past I've walked with two Vietnam veterans, uh, Bob Kerr, um, who is a uh, photographer and writer. And um, we weren't there at the same time. And, and, my, and my good buddy, you know, um, my um, one of my heartfelt loves is Dwayne Smith, who was, as you know, very active in in the uh, Afghanistan and and uh, post post Gulf in uh, Afghanistan. He's been a real great leader in terms of uh, uh, of, of being a support as well as. Uh, an activator in bringing that coalition together. So Yeah, well, I know he he was on the show with us a couple of weeks ago right. and actually Jason Phillips who is going to is one of their big representatives right. is going to be on the show oh, with good. us a little bit later on. So it, they are the people with IAVA.org uh, and that's in our Iraqi and Afghanistan um, Veterans Association right. newly established out of Washington DC doing incredible things in all different states now. Right. And uh, again, so all this stuff starts a little bit earlier, which I was just saying, and you know, we were starting around three o'clock at the Department of Administration building. So if the public wants to come down and hear some of these speakers, and you know the color guard will be there, and I know the Army 88th Band will be there. There's, they think it's a quartet that they're going to have. And actually, speaking of the Army 88th Band, Todd Garifey, who is the head of that, will be on uh, with us a little bit later in the show to Great. talk about everything that the Army 88th Band is doing. Did you know they've got a rock band? That the Army has a rock band? The who? The Army has a rock band. Really? Yeah. Well, I tell you, I was rocking, but it wasn't in a band. <laughs> <laughs> and, and listen, let, let me give you a heads up, because I, I, I think um, one of the things that I'm, I'm in on, uh, not so even beyond the, uh, beyond the scene being a volunteer at Waterfire down at the um, guest boat dock, um, but a speci- special kudos for... For water, fire, and, and, and you, because you, you're the leading lady in all this, sweetheart. No, no. I, uh, I, uh, no, 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 come on, come on. Let, let's, hey, 
He uh, has to say that every no. day because he's my husband. But the fact is that it takes an absolute village. I use that term a lot. But this whole salute to veterans has been put together with the most amazing executive committee. And then all the people at Waterfire, um, Paul Gohanick and Corey Oberlander and Nicole and, and just our whole staff has just been going nonstop trying I'm not to pull finished together yet. all the pieces. Well, I know, but it's my show. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> so I hope we're keeping everybody out there entertained today. <laughs> but so, what did you want to say? I know that you've been out there really, um, you know, hoofing it, trying to help raise money yeah. for this as well, and really putting an, an outreach out there because of your strong connection, obviously, to veterans. But tell me what this um, this this whole event means to you. Uh, this event means to me a um, a chance to um, to rehook, to reconnect, uh, not only with Vietnam veterans, but also with uh, with all veterans. You know, whether whether you have been in combat together, okay, with someone uh, that um, you know, I went I went I went to Nam in 1958. That's early. That's right. I was there as one of 6,000 advisors and the other thing is I, 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 went, I went I went I went I went to Nam as Darth Vader mm-hmm. and I came back given my experience which for me was a was a, um, uh, um, a transformation wake up call so I went to Vietnam as Darth Vader and came back um, as a warrior for peace uh, and the other thing I, I learned, one of the things I learned there is, you know what, because I was a big fan of, of President Kennedy uh, and his, his charisma and, and uh, also his um, his understanding of what was going on in the country at this time. And, uh, so, you know, um, President Kennedy said it's not um, it's not only what you what, what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. Because you voluntarily signed up. A lot of people have, volunteer, have voluntarily signed up. That's I mean, right. There was a big draft that happened for Vietnam. But, of course, I mean, uh, post-9-11, a lot of these people, uh, and men and women, thank God for them, just decided that, that this is it. They wanted to go, and they wanted to serve their country. I've had a lot of them on the show. And it's really just amazing, the commitment um, to our enduring freedom <laughs> right. uh, and, and keeping things here. So, you know, we've got a couple of minutes before we're going to have to take a quick Break. Okay, I just wanted to finish what I had started. Okay. And that is, uh, Kennedy said, it's not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. And another aspect of that, one of the things that I learned, it's not only on a world stage. Um, it, it, you know, in some ways, it, it's 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 not only making the world safe for democracy, but democracy safe for the world. And I, I love my country. However, I also love it enough at times to quarrel with my country in any good relationship, whether it's political, whether it's family, whether it's your, your partner and, and your wife or your husband, one of the things that we all have to learn how to do, okay, it's one of the seven, seven uh, uh, blessings of, one of the seven blessings of, uh, of a good relationship, we all have to learn how to fight cleanly. Yeah. So. It, Huh? I said we absolutely do, and we we've got to take a break in a second. But well, we know that, right, baby? We're gonna we're gonna come back, and then we're gonna talk to you a little bit more. I know that my guest Jason Phillips is here, and we're gonna be talking to him about the IAVA and about um, what we can expect to see down at the resource fair. Oh. 
And because, you know, the sure. Veterans Association has got all this wonderful stuff happening uh, in the VA Medical Center at the Resource Fair. But that's where we have our welcome home tent for our OEFs, our OIFs. And uh, we're going to be talking to Jason about what the IAVA does and some of the resources that we're going to have available uh, to talk about. So everybody uh, come back because I haven't even begun to even get through part of the schedule. I just started with what was happening at the DOA, but we've got a massive torch ceremony and so much more to see and do. So don't change that dial. You are listening to Waterfire Ignites Rhode Island here on AM790, your station for talking business. I'm Bronwyn Dannenfelzer here with my co-host, my husband, the Reverend Dr. Richard Dannenfelzer, and we'll be back in a moment. And she always has the last word. Hello, 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 everybody. You are listening to AM790, your station for talk in business. And I am your host, Bronwyn Dannenfelter, and this is Waterfire Ignites Rhode Island. Because guess what? Saturday, the largest salute to veterans uh, here in Rhode Island, taking place at Waterfire. And we were just talking about some of the events leading up to that. Um, and that we're going to be really uh, highlighting our OEFs, our OIFs, our post-9-11 veterans. Uh, we'll be doing that at the Resource Fair, which, again, opens early. There is an incredible uh, resource fair that's been put together uh, between the Veterans Medical Center of Providence, as well as many other different groups that are really trying to get the word out, help veterans. ESGR will be down on site. But as I was talking about in the last segment, the one thing that I'm very excited about is on Washington Street Bridge. All this starts at 3, so you can come down early and check things out as in as they're unfolding and what's happening down on site on the Washington Street Bridge, and then make your way over to the opening ceremonies, which are just mind-numbing, mind-blowing, um, the biggest, largest celebration. But one of the things that we've got is, again, our uh, spotlight on our post-9-11 veterans. And I don't know if you've been listening to the show consistently, but a few weeks back, we had a dear friend of mine, Wayne Smith, uh, on the show. And we were talking about an organization uh, that he is part of, that he sits on the board of, which is called the IAVA. Um, and I'm going to have my next guest tell you what that's all about, because he's in charge of it here in Rhode Island. And his name's Jason Phillips. Hello, Jason. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad you're here. Now, I know that we're going to talk actually in much more length and much more detail uh, probably after the break because I've also got, you know, the Army 88th Band's going to yes. be there, right? And we were just That's talking great. about you were a torchbearer a few yes. years back. Yes, yes. So you remember the Army 88th Band and how like crazy and fun that opening ceremony is. Yes, it's really an amazing, powerful experience. Well, I, everybody, everybody there was really moved. You know, when we, uh, I want to bring my friend Todd Garby, who is the head of the Army, Army 88th Band, on with us right now uh, to talk a little bit about the music that we're going to hear, a little bit about what the Army 88th Band does. And then, Jason, we're going to get back to you, and we're going to talk all about the IAVA. I'd love to hear about your history and really, uh, you know, what your, what your story has been. But, Todd, are you there, my friend? Yes, I am, Bronwyn. Good afternoon. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Excellent, excellent. Yeah, you getting all geared up for Saturday? All geared up and all ready to go. All right, so tell us, what are we going to be seeing, my friend? Well, uh, first there will be a uh, brass quintet that will be performing up at the uh, government facility yep. uh, to, uh, to to perform some pre-music like pre and, and stuff 
to get ready for the show, so uh, for that, the ceremony, actually. That's at the then, Department uh, of Administration, right? So that that's what the... Right. Okay. The Department of Administration building, unfortunately, can't use the uh, the State House this year. It's under construction. Hmm. Um, but uh, it's going to be a great, great event with that. Uh, and we're going to have a a cappella vocalist from the Navy band that is going to sing the national anthem to start off and to kick off the uh, ceremony. Nice. And then uh, we're going to have a march down, like mm-hmm. we have done in previous years, uh, from uh, the top of the, uh, the street uh, leading across the the, uh, the grassy land area across the street. So across the Station Park, exactly, Ooh. and then coming down uh, into the basin. I can't remember the name of that street. Um, uh, you know what? Neither can I, but all, all you got to think of is look in front of the State House. Train Station Street. <laughs> <laughs> I, but, think, uh, I think it's like American Expressway, but we come down right in front of the State right, House, we'll across down, Station we'll Park. We'll march down to, the, uh, down to the basin, and then we'll play some uh, pre-music uh, marches, combine Army and Navy yeah. bands, and then... Uh, and then we're going to kick off with a show uh, after the national anthem. So, how many how many band members altogether from Army? And do you know? Do you even know how many are coming from the Navy? Uh, I believe it's going to be anywhere between fifty and sixty. Wow, that's impressive. Is that the most that we've ever had? That's, I think it's been pretty much that each year. Oh, all right. And so I know that we play all the service songs, but what else can we we expect in that program, Todd? Well, we're going to. We're going to play uh, service songs. We're going to have some vocals with uh, some patriotic music, mm-hmm. uh, like America the Beautiful, um, and also some will be some uh, like country pop rock. Country pop rock. So that's I'm sorry. I was just telling my husband who is patriotic here. Patriotic country pop rock. Patriotic country pop rock. I like that. That's got its own like little. Uh, I guess a little uh, area there because I was surprised when I first met you years ago. And we were talking about the Army 88th Band um, and all these different facets of it, and even the Navy Band as well. You were telling me that there's a rock group that, I mean, it's you, you really do have a lot of different subsets to the Army 88th. Can you describe those a little bit, Todd? Well, the, the, the mission of the any military band is to perform not just ceremonies and uh, changes of command, things like that, for the military, but it's also to reach out to the public for the public as a free entity. Um, So everything we do is always a free thing. So if we're reaching out to the public, we want to be able to perform what the public likes to hear, too. And that could be a variety of just about anything in any style. Uh, Also, when we're in theater, if there is a war going on and we're in theater, any band that would be out there, most of the soldiers are probably between the ages of 18 and 25. We want to play what they know what they can recognize to keep their morale up so to be part of the the army 88th band it sounds like one has to be able to really um switch from one genre to another uh, as i would say to be i mean when you are actually i I don't know when auditioning people to be part of the band they have to know jazz as well as pop and culture and as as well as you know classical music how how do you that's a real lot of stuff to be able to know you know as a musician very insightful of you because when we when we audition people they have they have to be able to audition on different genres of music and be able to actually make that genre come alive in the style that it's supposed to be uh it it's uh, a grueling process but you know when you're in you're a great musician 
it's it's a great experience, and you get to do the greatest thing of all: serve your country, serve the great people of this country, serve your state, and your governor, yeah. and your 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 uh, leaders of this state, so, and uh, in in a musical capacity. And I, I think it's the greatest job on earth. Well, I mean, we know that you do a phenomenal job at the Salute to Veterans. I know that you're going to be on the road show with me tomorrow with uh, the Brass Quintet, right? Roger that. And so people will be able to see that if they want to watch us live tomorrow. Tell me, Todd, uh, one, how long have you been doing this? Can, for listeners who do not know you, and I, I'm sorry, I don't say your title properly, so you're just going to have to tell everybody. Can Can you give us a little bit of your history um, and how long you've yes, been? Um, I'm, my name is uh, Chief Warrant, Warrant Officer 3, Todd J. Garropy. I'm uh, the commander of the 88th Army Band, which is also not just the 88th Army Band. It's the governor's own 88th Army Band. Rhode Island Army National Guard. Um, and uh, my background is Berkeley College of Music many years ago. I taught many years, uh, both privately uh, in my own studio that I had, and also uh, within the, uh, well, the private school sector. I was uh, at Bishop Hendrickson for 11 years before I went active duty uh, with the Guard for a while. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, my main thing is composition and jazz, jazz composition and, and uh, teaching. And then got into conducting, heavily into conducting, and that's what I do along with being the commander of that unit. So when did you, when did you enter the Army, Todd? What year? Well, I, I started actually through the National Guard. I, I'm sorry, uh, through the uh, Coast Guard before I entered the National Guard. I was in the Coast Guard for three years as a reservist while I was teaching at Henderson. And then I moved over to the National Guard because there was an opening for a commander there. Actually, they hadn't had a commander there for many years, uh, the last... Um, Real band warrant officer, musician, commander, uh, I, I believe was Manny Fatonia, who just recently passed away. Uh, he was a great commander of the band, but there's been many people who have uh, commanded the band, different officers, different warrant officers. They weren't necessarily musicians. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I believe Colonel Ent- Entwistle actually uh, was the commander for a while when he was a captain, and he was, he was a trombone player, very good conductor, great commander. The band went far back in the uh, late 90s, but um, it's been a while. So I've been there for, you know, since 2007 as the commander, 2004 as a bandsman. And I know that it runs in the family because last year when I saw you, I was able to have the privilege of meeting your son, who is in the band as well, correct? Yes, my son is one of my soldiers. All right, isn't that great? <laughs> Did he, does he ever tell you what it's like to have his dad be his commanding officer? Well, you know, we we separate that when we're in in business, mm-hmm. when we're in duty. That that and my soldiers see that; they know that. I'm not going to change that. Nor would he. He's very respectful. Uh, he's going to be in my position someday as a uh, warrant officer too, because he wants to become a helicopter pilot. Oh wow! He won't stick with the French. He won't be my French one player anymore. I'm going to hate that. But. What are you going to do, Todd? <laughs> well, we're always looking for new members. I mean, that's always something. Uh, you know, anybody that plays an instrument and is in good health and could always, uh, you know, look into coming into the band. We have many positions open, so it's a great way of uh, spending a part-time uh, career as a as a soldier citizen. Um, uh, you know, yeah. playing your instrument, you know, for your country and for your state. Well, it sounds great, and I know that tomorrow you're going to be playing the army uh, the army song. But you told me something interesting that, that that's changed in the past. Was it in the past few years that they've made an adjustment to the army song, or can you explain? Yes, recently, actually, it was I, I believe it was 
2013. I'm trying to remember when I was down at the schoolhouse because it came out when I was getting uh, some uh, my next level of education to become a warrant officer three. I was a warrant officer two at the time. And uh, what happened is something came down from the uh, from headquarters that the Army song has been changed. Mm-hmm. They actually changed the arrangement, and it had to be played with the uh, with with the verse first, as opposed to the what everybody knows is the main song. So the march along, sing our song with the Army of the Brave is is the uh, first part that you will always hear now. Okay, and it hadn't been changed since. I believe it's 1920 when, or in the 1920s when the first one was, uh, when the Kason song was was indoctrinated as the Army song. So that's can't quote me on that because I'm not sure. I'm only going by what I believe is in my memory on, on what that was. Well, we're going to be able to hear it tomorrow on the road show when you join us. And I cannot wait to see you on Saturday, Todd, uh, and the Army 88th. And you know, I think that people would. Um, I would just love to know because we've got to take a break now, and I'm going to have to let you go uh, off the line. But is there anything if, if people wanted to find out where you're performing um, outside of Waterfire? Is there a place that someone would go to say, you know, where's the Army 88th? playing or the rock band or the jazz version of um or the jazz portion of the 88th well we're on facebook okay and we also have a website on uh, 88tharmyband.com uh so you can always look us up you know, on uh friends of 88th army band 88tharmyband.com um and uh you can always find out what's going on we pre- we, we keep that up to date uh my soldiers are very good at taking care of that well, good. And don't I... forget, on the day of Waterfire, there will be a rock band concert from the 88th Army Band um, from 4:30 to 5 down in the water uh, at the uh, basin. Oh, so people can get a little bit of a an idea of you know what this rock band sounds like, and that's right before all the festivities kick off. So you can come down, get a nice place to sit. Right, listen to a little bit of rock. I'll do that. And yep. very good. Well, Todd, thank you for taking the time out of your day. I will see you first thing bright and early tomorrow, and then of course on Saturday we will see you. So I want to just thank say you, thank Ron, you. It's always a pleasure. Yep, my husband wants to say something. Hey, very Todd. Uh, yeah. This is uh, Reverend Dan Infelser, uh, and I'm a clinical psychologist and also 25 years U.S. major retired. So I got a question oh, for you, my friend. Thank you for your service. Uh, thank you, sir, and likewise for you. But anyway, are you saddled up, ready to go? Always. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my brother. All right. Well, everybody, <laughs> you are listening to AM790, your station for talking business. When we come back, we are talking all about our post-9-11 veterans, what we are doing for them here, a wonderful group called IAVA. And it's going to be a really wonderful time. And then we're just going to give you the rundown of everything that you should catch on Saturday when we salute our veterans. Don't change that channel. Hello, 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 and welcome back. You are listening to Waterfire Ignites Rhode Island here on AM790, your station for talking business. And we're talking all about veterans. And we've been talking all about veterans all month long, leading up to this incredible celebration this weekend. And at the top of the last segment, I introduced you just very quickly um, to uh, our friend Jason Phillips, uh, who is here in studio with us and who's doing incredible work with veterans. He is a commander in the Navy Reserve.
Reserve. He served in Afghanistan. Thank you for your service, uh, Jason. And he's in support of the, uh, that was in support of Operation Enduring Freedom. It is, yes. Yep. And you're a, a doctor of education, and you currently teach at the Naval Academy. So, you no, know, or the the Naval Academy Prep School, which yes. you were just trying to explain to me what the difference between the Naval Academy and the Prep School is. For our listeners out there, would you explain to them? Yes, the Naval Academy Prep School is located in Newport. Mm-hmm. Newport, Rhode Island, and it was founded almost a hundred years ago for sailors and Marines who are out in the fleet and have been accepted into the Naval Academy, but because they were away from school for a little while, yep. need a year to prepare in terms of their writing, in terms of physics, chemistry, and math. Okay. So they spend a year in Newport really getting academically up to speed so that they can succeed at the Naval Academy. And the school, the Naval Academy Prep School, is such an amazing place because we have superstars who are going to be our military leaders of tomorrow. And they will attend the academy next year. So five years from now, they'll be commissioned officers. That's pretty amazing. That's got to make you feel good when you're going to see that whole process happen. And you know, For me, it really is incredible because... Through my work with IAVA, the Iraq and Afghanistan Veterans of America, I have been able to work with such an incredible group of people who have served in combat zones. And that is an amazing network. And those are tremendous heroes for our country. And it's also amazing to serve through a different capacity as an instructor at the Naval Academy Prep School for these students who have raised their right hand and taken the oath of office so that they have also committed themselves to serving our country. And and these are 18 to 22-year-old superstars. They are absolutely amazing, and they inspire me every single day. Well, that, that's a, a wonderful thing to hear, and I think, well, thank you for doing that, and thank you for your service, because, again, how long were you active duty? And, and So I was commissioned as an officer in the Navy in 1995, okay. and I first came to Newport, Rhode Island in 1999 as a lieutenant. That was the first time I served as an instructor at the Naval Academy Prep School, and uh, had a few jobs after that on active duty still. I was a recruiter out of Boston. Mm-hmm. After recruiting out of Boston, I served at the Naval Air Station in Brunswick, Maine. Yeah. And uh, from there, I arrived there in 2006. And from there, I received involuntary orders mm. to serve in Afghanistan. And my orders were for 15 months. Wow. So anytime folks... Uh, thank me for my service. I always say that people should thank the families who... Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Thank the families that you kind of... Did you have a wife at the time? I mean, I've got your gorgeous son sitting right here in the studio with us. How you doing, Paxton? Right on. Yes, so uh, my wife and... My son was three years old at the time. Wow. I, I can't even imagine how that feels to to say goodbye for a moment and have to be... For 15 months. But yeah, no, yeah, no, right. yeah, 15 right. months is not a moment, Bronwyn. Yes. Bronwyn, is it uh, uh, true this year that, in fact, uh, who we're thanking and, and uh, uh, 
uh, at Waterfly is not is not only the people who have served, but also their families. Absolutely, because okay, it's I, their families. And it's so that important. Abs- absolutely, it's, Jay. It's, absolutely. It's so important because it is the families who <laughs> provide the support for our service members, and it's the families who are also waiting back at home. Yeah. And all of us understand that in the conflicts in Iraq and Afghanistan, in uh, East Africa, in North Africa, anywhere we are deployed in combat zones, these families are waiting for their service members to return home. And it is a very tense time for the entire family. So that's why we do say to, of course, we greatly appreciate the thanks. It's also important to thank the families and and the support. Uh, For example, there's a lot of folks who provide great volunteer support for our service members, and we have to remember them as well during this Veterans Day uh, season. Well, of course, because I know that IAVA, you're going to be in our welcome home tent for our OEFs and our OIFs, and you're going to have a presence there, which is wonderful to just kind of show what IAVA is doing, and I'm going to have the Blue Star moms are going to be right outside, so a Blue Star family. Can you explain to people what a Blue Star family is? is it- the, I'll, I'll let you talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to uh, really have your voices heard as well because I know that you both do such great work for veterans. Well, I mean, I love doing any sort of work for veterans. Um, that's why, you know, we kind of came up with a salute to veterans. But for me, the most important thing is trying to provide resources Um and when, you know, the Blue Star Moms, I, I've i been learning so much as I go along. And the, the Blue Star families are families who have um, people who are deployed. So the Blue Star Moms, for instance, their sons and daughters are out in the theater, essentially, right now, right? And just, just to follow up on that, and thank you. And I am so grateful, too. And when I deployed to Afghanistan uh, from 2007 to 2008, at the same time, my brother, who was a lieutenant colonel in the Marine Corps, deployed to Iraq. So my parents wow. had uh, two sons who were deployed at the same time uh, for a year, uh, 2007 to 2008. Um, he since has deployed to Afghanistan. I, through my work, I uh, returned to active duty for a short time and worked with the Naval War College, also in Newport, Rhode Island. And I was able to return to Afghanistan for a short time uh, just about a year ago. What was that like? It was pretty incredible. Um, We still have a lot of challenges in (laughs) Afghanistan, which you could probably see on the news every single day. Uh, We just had two service members who were killed in Kunduz yep. province. I saw that in the news. What, that, was, that was yesterday or today, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, so when you return back, are you connecting with these guys and letting them know that when they come home? So you're doing all this work on behalf of the IAVA. And I'd like to talk a little bit again about really what the IAVA does and it is the mission almost to create a camaraderie and to bring you know, those soldiers together as a support group and um, to what is it that you're trying to do here in Rhode Island, and is it, is it you're finding it difficult? Are you finding it easy? To... That's a great, really great question. So I started off talking about the Naval Academy Prep School and the students. We have about 260 students. 
when we're in the military, we have such a tight bond among all the members of the military. And after returning from a combat zone, a lot of soldiers and sailors, Marines, they do not have those tight bonds because a lot of folks, when they uh, leave deployment, some of them leave active duty. Okay. And they don't have the camaraderie that they had when they were in the military. And the IAVA provides an incredible network nationwide for veterans to come together. And that's the most important thing, I think, because veterans understand what each other have been through. Mm -hmm. And it's so important to get together physically, to get together online mm -hmm. and really share the network to share the sense of camaraderie and what is it exactly that you, i mean i know that you kind of spearhead what happens here in rhode island with the group what is it that you do uh what kind of outreach are you have? so the the great thing about iava is that it does have such an amazing outreach program mm -hmm. so if we have an idea for what are called vet togethers then i will contact I like that name, by the way. That's vet great. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So we'll have vet togethers. Uh, I'll give you an example of an idea from just about two years ago. I really saw and had a vision for how veterans could come together at a meal mm -hmm. right before Thanksgiving. And I contacted the IAVA office uh, in New York City and uh, Paul Reichoff and, and Rebecca Forbes are uh, the two. Paul Reichoff is the founder of IAVA and an amazing advocate and does everything possible to advocate for veterans. Rebecca Forbes is kind of in the trenches. Mm -hmm. And she, as soon as I come up with an idea, she really helps me to carry out the idea. I started to call around to different places here in Rhode Island that would be willing to host a Thanksgiving dinner for veterans. Nice. And uh, after knocking on a lot of doors, there's a, a, uh, a church in Barrington, Rhode Island, mm -hmm. that was willing to not only host it, but uh, there are two people who are so generous. Uh, their names are John and Heather Passern. Mm -hmm. um, John Passern runs a construction company called the Corvius Group, and they paid for the entire meal. We had about 50 veterans who came together at a table and shared Thanksgiving dinner uh, as a community. What a great story. I, that... It was really incredible. And we did that two years ago. We did that uh, last year. Now to the challenges. Mm. The challenge... I think sometimes here in Rhode Island is that we really do get into a Rhode Island mindset in that if you have to drive more than 10 minutes, <laughs> it's so true. people don't show up for events. <laughs> it's very true. It is true. Mm -hmm. And it's also a real challenge yeah. because, uh, for example, um, in addition to my work with IAVA, my priority has always been to create a sense of community here in Rhode Island. I, as, as, a, as a commander in the Navy, 
I've been an officer since 1995. I really think it's so important for us to continually come together. And no matter what people want to do, whether it's golfing or skiing or creating a garden, mm-hmm. uh, coming together is so important. So I reached out, for example, to uh, a small golf course in Providence called Buttonhole. Yep. Buttonhole Golf Course has been so welcoming. They opened their arms and their doors to us, and they have allowed veterans to come to Buttonhole on a regular basis. Well, thank you for bringing those veterans together. And, and I know when people come down to Waterfire on Saturday, they we can see you on Washington Street. You will be there right in that tent talking Please come to see other, me. Yeah, coming and talking to other veterans. We have a minute and a half left. Um, Richard, I know that you had uh, written something very specifically. Do you think you have enough time? You got a minute and a half. This is uh, written uh, for uh, Veterans Day uh, 11, 11, 16, and I call it In Memory and Thanksgiving and Farewell. This is it. If you are able, save a place inside of you and save one backward glance when you're leaving for the places they can no longer go. Be not ashamed to say that you love them, though you may or may not always. Take what they have left and what they have taught you with their dying and keep it with your own. And in that time when men and women decide and feel that war, that feel safe to call the war and war insane, take one moment to embrace those gentle heroes that you left behind. Well, and I thank all the gentle heroes that are here. Jason Phillips, thank you for being a hero and bringing people together. Everybody out there, please do not miss this one massive opportunity to all come together and thank our veterans, celebrate our veterans, give some resources, and thank you both for your service. Richard, thank you for being my co-host. I know that we've got to jump off the air. Everybody, uh, please go to the Waterfire website. Everything is listed there. Uh, and, and I want I want everybody to focus. And focus, everybody, and see you on Saturday down by the river. Again, thank you, Jason. Thank you so much. <laughs>